How you doing, Massachusetts? I'm just smoking cigarettes and waiting for you. I was just listening to a country album. <laughs> I. This is probably okay. We're starting the episode. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, how hey you doing? Hey, I have a love-hate relationship <laughs> with country because. Yeah. I tend to listen to the lyrics and think this is like, you know, your typical strong man. He has hands like shovels trying to reach his emotional side and just just doesn't bode well with me for some reason. <laughs> it's like I feel like a packer to catch up in a wheelchair or something like that. <laughs> it's like, where are you going with this, Ted? His hands are so strong, but his they heart. can't penetrate. That level of emotion that he has yeah, inside. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're amazing musicians and all. I just, oh, I don't know. It's not for me. Apologies, creeps. Anyway, <laughs> patron of the week this week is Zara. Zara. What a cool fucking name. That's uh, how you say Zara in chicken. Ah, thank you. The more you know. <laughs> um, how has your week been? Uh, really fucking good. Um, right on. I've been, you know, doing a little more moving in the park. Yeah, I think we've gone to the park, what, three times this week? Yeah, I think so. I have been logging the days that I do Activities. exercise. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and I'm going pretty fucking strong. Yeah. Starting in October, still going strong. Ford tough. <laughs> what is it Ford Strong or something like that Built Better I don't fucking know I think that's actually the Built Tough that's the Joe Biden thing wasn't it Build Back Better anyway that let's wheel, not talk about this mess that wheel the monster <laughs> um, I burnt my mouth with beans yum so my week has been going good too thanks yeah <laughs> okay right on I wasn't Appreciate done talking it. about my week Oh, well, you just went off on a tangent about I kind of spaced Ford. out. Ford. <laughs> I kind of spaced out. Um, Listening to my country uh, music as I drive my Ford. I'm also <laughs> playing a game called Teacup on my Switch. It's about a little frog. Little Did I talk about it last time? You might have. I don't honestly know. It's about a, Basically, it's a frog that ran out of tea, and now she's just walking around her little village trying to find some because she has a tea party. For tomorrow uh, it's a fucking emergency mm-hmm. right on um and i'm learning about tea cool yeah and i drink tea so you know hey that's why i'm telling you because <laughs> it's it's always like oh look at me i'm adam i'm irish and i like tea that's your shtick <laughs> i like one specific type of tea nothing else i know i'm partial to all different types of tea anyway lions, nobody fucking cares lions forever bitch i'm a barry's man myself I was Lions originally, but uh, anything is better than the Tesco Valley one. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> or Lipton. I don't think I ever had Lipton. Anyway, look, this is not a tea podcast. We haven't run out of material just yet. I have something fun for us all today. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so, well, there's a little bit of death. I mean, there has to be death. In oh, I was wait. about to say there's no death in this one. but Before you start, can I tell our listeners the joke I made at work? Sure. So my coworker, her birthday is coming up and she's been planning for the next four days what she's going to do with different kinds of like 
with different groups of her friends. And uh, she was like, oh, man, she's like, I should have booked in like a spa to get like massages or facials. I really wanted to get a facial. <laughs> and then I was like, and I was like, oh, well, if you can't get a facial, then why don't you get Marvin to give you a facial? <laughs> and I couldn't fucking finish the joke without <laughs> pissing myself <laughs> laughing. And she was like, are you still laughing at your joke? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and that was at around six o'clock this morning. Yes. And it's now <laughs> five o'clock in the evening. And you're still laughing about it. <laughs> Woke me up from slumber yeah, I did. I to tell him. me about it. <laughs> I'm like, did you read my text? Because I texted to him. <laughs> so anyway. Because I kind of, not that I forgot that it was October, but I didn't have anything necessarily Halloween-y planned. And I keep talking about this next story series that I've been like trying to kind of figure out. Oh. Still trying to figure it out because the one book that I've read... I'm like, ah, it's not really, you know, whatever. Anyway, this is going to play into that. So I think this will be our kind of Halloween theme. Sick. Hopefully there's, hopefully it's girthy enough for everybody. Yeah. Girthy and, enough uh, for facials. Yeah, you can kind of thank Zach Bagans for giving me the inspo for this one. Zach Bagans. Zach Bagans. So today we are covering a few different cryptids. Okay. Because there's never enough information for just one. Like, to, I'd love to sit down and do a whole episode. Maybe on the Mothman or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Moth Monster Man, yeah. Moth Monster Man, uh, eventually. But with this one tonight, there's just a few little profiles of different cryptids from mm -hmm. all over. I think just the States. I, I didn't go anywhere else mm -hmm. in my travels for research. Than this. <laughs> Tell me about Moth Monster Man. Are you telling no. me about Moth Monster Man today? No. Oh, okay. He's not with us today. All He's right. not with us today. Today Who's is at the party? dedicated to a few, um, what I think are kind of maybe B-list cryptids, maybe even less than that. Love it. Um, but yeah, just cryptids that I have always wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. but just didn't have enough information to do a whole episode. So I've been waiting to compile an episode, and that's what I did. Okay, awesome. So this little trip of the United States of America sees us in... West Virginia first. All right. So who are we visiting in West Virginia? At 7.15 on the evening of September 12th, 1952, mm. just as the sun was setting over the little village of Flatwoods, West Virginia, two brothers, Eddie and Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so the names are actually listed as Ed and Freddie, but uh, like 100%. Nobody has ever called them Ed and Freddy, like in their fucking lives. Yeah. Probably, but I'm going to be referring to them as Eddie and Freddy okay. for this story. And the Eddie was 13, Freddy was 12. Mm -hmm. So they're playing down at the local schoolyard with their friend Tommy Heyer. And, uh, you know, it's lovely September evening. Sun's just going down. Delightful. When suddenly, ah, ah. they see a bright object. A pulsing red streak ah. fly across the sky, <laughs> only to crash land on a nearby farm. So this was a UFO. Nice. Or so the boys thought. Oh. The boys run back to Eddie and Freddie's house, mm -hmm. tell their mom, Kathleen, what they had just seen before legging it over to find out what it was. <laughs> they had seen it land in this farm. So they ran. The three boys now had a little gang. So it was Eddie, Freddie, Tommy, Neil Nunley, 
and Ronnie Shaver. Right? How old are these kids? <laughs> I don't know. Ronnie Shaver sounds like a porn star. Yeah, it does. And like Ronnie in Ireland is like a little moustache like what I have. Oh. So Ronnie Shaver. I'm like, come on. That's not a real name. <laughs> anyway. Plot twist. He's hairy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm 12. <laughs> anyway, Eddie, Freddie, Tommy, Neil, Ronnie and Kathleen, the mom. Mm-hmm. And a 17 year old National Guardsman. Named Eugene Lemon mm. and a dog. All right, that's the gang now. Okay, they're all they're all together. They're all hoofing it back okay. over to the farm. All right. The dog runs on ahead, all excited and shit, barking, only to come running back with its tail between its legs. Oh, yeah. And after walking for around a quarter of a mile, the crew get to the top of a hill. From here, they see a large pulsating ball of fire about 50 feet ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Accompanying this ball of fire was some sort of mist that stank and, quote, made their eyes and noses burn. Like an onion. Like an onion. So I think it was, like, sulfuric, maybe. Oh. That's, maybe that's an assumption, but that's what I thought they were getting at. Okay. Anyway, the sun's gone down by now. It's quite dark. Mm Mm-hmm. And Gene Lemon has been leading the group with a flashlight when suddenly he sees what appear to be a pair of bright eyes in a tree. He said that these eyes belonged to a 10-foot monster with a blood-red body and green face that seemed to glow. The fuck? He also said that it possibly had claws for hands, but he didn't really get a good look because of the mist. Why does this sound like the Grinch in his Santa suit? You're right, that actually does. That description <laughs> does sound like a suit. Um, but Google the Flatwoods monster real quick. Okay. I want you to have visual reference here. Um, and another slightly different version of the encounter tells of a farmer, presumably the farmer who owned the land where this UFO landed, mm. quote, noticed two small lights over to the left of the object. And when he directed his flashlight towards them, This revealed the creature, Mm. which was reported to have emitted a shrill hissing noise before gliding towards them, changing direction and then heading off towards the red light. At this point, the group fled in panic. And regardless of which story you hear, at this point in the story, the group fled in panic. So when Eddie, Freddie and Kathleen got home, Kathleen got on the phone straight away to the local sheriff and a news reporter, Mm. told them everything. After the reporter had conducted interviews with everyone involved, he went to the site with the farmer only to find no trace of anything out of the ordinary except for, quote, a sickening burnt metallic odor still Mm. prevailing. Oh, so maybe I was wrong with the sulfuric thing. The sheriff and his deputy found nothing on their search either. I think the sheriff was a lot more skeptical and didn't just go and ask all the kids what they had seen. Of course. But according to former news editor Holt Byrne, Right, what a name. Quote, newspaper stories were carried throughout the country. Radio broadcasts were carried on large networks. And hundreds of phone calls were received from all parts of the country. All right. To do with this story. Oh. The National Press Services rated the story number 11 for the year. Mm. That's pretty big for 1952. Yeah. Soon afterwards, investigators associated but not affiliated with CSI came out to conduct their own interviews. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know what CSI stands for. Crime Scene Investigators? Yep. Civilian Saucer Investigation. Oh. 
<laughs> well, that is like, the real CSI. Among these new reports was that of a mother and her 21-year-old daughter who claimed to have encountered a creature with the same appearance and odour a week prior to the September 12th incident. Mm-hmm. The mother and daughter's encounter apparently affected the daughter so badly that she ended up in hospital for three weeks. For what? I have no idea. No idea. Maybe she... Couldn't speak, maybe? Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't fucking know. It was the fright. Yeah, it was fright. She had the fright in her. Um, Also, the mother of the local farmer, again, assuming this was the farmer whose land this UFO landed on. What? Apologies for the bad English. (laughs) (laughs) Come again. (laughs) I've actually written that in bad English. Uh, No, so where the UFO landed Mm -hmm. was a farm. And people keep referencing the local farmer mm-hmm. in these stories that I was reading. So I'm assuming it's the local farmer who owned the farm yeah. where the UFO landed, okay. crash landed. Anyway, his mother said that, quote, at the approximate time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. Mm. The director of the local board of education claimed to have seen a flying saucer taking off at 630 on the morning of September 13th the morning after the creature was sighted. Mm-hmm. Then, quote, the day after the Flatwoods incident, the day this Board of Education man had seen a UFO, a couple taking a leisurely drive through the mountains of Frametown, West Virginia, at dusk, were met with a similarly horrific experience. Their car came to a sudden stop and refused to start again. Shortly thereafter, a putrid, sulfuric odor filled the air. The couple, circling the vehicle in hopes of spotting the culprit, spotted something far worse than they could have imagined. From the waist down, it was similar to the Flatwoods monster, but from the waist up, it was a reptilian humanoid. Oh, shit. The creature. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) This creature, thought to be the same creature sighted in Flatwoods, is known as the Frametown Monster. Mm. Interesting. Frame town. I wonder, were they just trying to get Frametown on the map? Do we have any listeners in Frametown? Yeah. If we do, let us know. But to me, it sounds like a terribly boring place. I'm picturing nothing but door frames and empty lots <laughs> where the houses should be. And mm. everybody's just cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but on that note of Frametown possibly copying Flatwoods, what other town in West Virginia had some peculiar sightings around this time? Sightings that made the town quite the tourist destination. That's right, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Home of Mothman. Oh, is that where Mothman is? Yeah. Oh. With his spectacularly strong rump. So who knows, honestly. But the picture that was drawn up of how the Flatwoods monster was described, according to the kids. Well, that whole group, like Mm -hmm. Eddie, Freddy, Tommy, Neil, fucking Ronnie, Kathleen, Lemon, the dog. So you looked it up, right? Yeah. It's crazy looking. Yeah, it look it looks like it came out of um like Attack on Mars the movie. Yeah, like or a nineteen fifties comic yeah. book, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right in remembering that the Mothman statue that the the shine on its butt is gone? No, I think its butt is extra shiny. Because oh. people keep rubbing it. Because oh, okay. it's that's such it a spectacular rump. Yeah, that's so crazy how the person who made that <laughs> made, made the 
butt so like yeah like this is like really fucking stoic sculptor being like you have commissioned me to make the mothman and i will have the most fantastic bottom <laughs> anybody has ever laid eyes upon yeah I, d- I don't know of apollo also i know it is just mothman yeah yeah it's not moth monster man it's not moth monster man it's also not the mothman like goldman but mothman, mothman? reginald p mothman <laughs> I think it can go either way. Either way, I would have thought it was just Mothman okay. and saying the Mothman was just funnier to me. Like, oh no, it's the Spider-Man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we got a little bit off track there. He has a lovely eyes. But honestly, anyway, like I was saying, who knows whether the Flatwoods monster was the real deal. Yeah. Or whether they were just trying to come up with something. But it did have a lot of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Even if they were kids. Mm-hmm. And the story or the picture of it is pretty fucking freaky. It'll be on our Instagram. Don't worry. Moving on. This next story is the story. <laughs> I have it down as Goatman Bridge. And now I don't know. Now I'm doubting myself. Is it the Goatman's Bridge? I think it's Goatman's Bridge. <laughs> Not John P. Goatman. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Anyway, the story of the Goatman's Bridge took me by surprise. I was lying in bed the other morning watching Ghost Adventures. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going through another Ghost Adventures phase. And like to me, it's like the fat guy watching uh, sports on TV being like, what a fucking idiot. I would have done this when every time I see like Zach Bagans freaking out mm-hmm. and running away. I'd be like, ha, what a bitch. I would have been so much braver. No, like absolutely not. I just like judging. Anyway. <laughs> They were going to Goatman's Bridge, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, another one-off cryptid tale. Yeah. No evidence to back up the stories or anything like that. And I was right, a little (laughs) bit. But the story was actually really fucking cool, so I thought that's what spurred this whole episode. Mm. I was like, it is time to tell the story of the cryptids. I don't know why that's my cryptid voice. Everything's just in, like, 1950s announcer. Anyway. The most common version of the tale, which is the one that's told on Ghost Adventures also, Mm -hmm. is of an African-American entrepreneur by the name of Oscar Washburn. Mm -hmm. He was a successful goat herder in Denton County, Texas, around the late 1930s. His business was growing nicely. His farmstead is, quote, renowned for quality meat, milk, cheeses and hides. Yum. (laughs) Yeah, I love eating leather hides. (laughs) (laughs) He effectively became known as the Goatman. One day, Oscar goes and puts up a sign on the old Alton Bridge that says, quote, this way to the Goatman. Nice. And it was leading people to his homestead. Yeah. The Goatman Festival. Yeah. It's literally the most effective and direct advertising at the time. Yeah. But unfortunately, the local KKK members did not approve Uh. of this. And one dark night, not long after Oscar hung his new sign, a bunch of white sheet wearing idiots took a trip over the bridge to the Goatman's house. They dragged poor Oscar out of his home and back to the bridge where they had a noose ready and waiting for him. Being presumably well practiced, these bedsheet bandits wasted no time in throwing Oscar over the side of the bridge to hang. But when they leaned over to look at what they had done, however... All they saw was this lonely noose swinging over smooth waters. They freaked out and they looked all over and found no trace of Oscar. 
and then they had the next bright idea. They would go back to Oscar's home and set it alight with his family still inside. Awful. Thinking that this would make Oscar come out from wherever he is hiding. And then? Well, Oscar wasn't hiding. Nobody ever saw him again, alive or dead. But they did set the house on fire. And the story goes that poor Oscar's wife and children died horribly in this fire set by these fools in flat sheets. But like I said, I can't verify this story. I did look it up, like try to get to the bottom of it. And it does definitely seem to just be a folktale. But this was Texas in the 1930s. So it's very, very plausible. Yep. A lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. This story was also predated by another, very similar, but kind of more horror movie type than even Oscars. And this one goes possibly as far back as the 1860s. Okay. Some white folk were lynching a, quote, Creole slave goat herder named Jack Kendall from a tall creekside tree near where the bridge now stands. But ineptitude separated the runaway slave's head from his body. Somehow, the body fell away from the, the head. How okay, the fuck? I don't know. It's a fairy tale. But okay. the slavers then watched in horror as the headless body raised itself from the creek bed mud, Whoa. animated by voodoo, and ripped off the head of a nearby goat to replace his own, which was still what? dangling in the noose. Yeah. So that's the, another older version, which is just full of bad stereotypes and stuff. But I can see it in a comic book. Seems we've been talking about comic books. Yeah. And finally, Satanists were also blamed at one point. And still, like currently being, everybody's blaming Satanists for everything. Yeah. People still talk about how them Satanists conjured up evil spirits out there in them their woods. Satanists with their long hair and rock and roll music in there. Slim, delicious bodies that they use for unholy Satan worship and mouth-watering consensual sex. And that's why we have the goat man now. (laughs) (laughs) I might have gotten a bit flamboyant as I was writing this and I was really in my feels getting on here. Um, But no, I just, I hate, everybody always blames the Satanists. Like they came out here and they painted a pentagram. And it's true, people did do that. But I'm sure it was just as likely... Teenage kids from local high school, not fucking mini Marilyn Manson lookalikes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Pentagram, I'm cool. Yeah. Anyway, the old timers say that if you go to the bridge and you knock three times on the bridge, mm-hmm. you'll summon the goat man. Oh. Or others say if you park your car, turn off the lights and honk three times, like, hurt, 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 mm-hmm. the goat man will come. Yeah. Either way. That sounds like my car. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, whatever the origin, the story today still stands that this bridge has been haunted for years and years, going back generations and generations by a number of different entities. But the fact is that many people have specifically reported seeing a large goat-headed man type thing hanging out in the woods around the bridge. The goat man entity is said to have bright glowing eyes and this actually brings me back to the Ghost Adventures episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Because on their night vision camera, I was telling you about this when uh, Zach got the fucking spider crawling up his neck or whatever. And it was like, ah, you dirty bastard. But after that, they actually caught what looks like two perfectly glowing eyes 
Now, it's not tall. It's like, say, waist height. But they move. Like, it's creepy. It looks like some fucking weird creature is right mm-hmm. in front of them. And they just blink out. And they and they didn't even pay, like, that much attention to it on the show. But to me, I was freaked out watching this. Yeah. So, anyway, that just lent more credence to the story. And, you know, take it with a pinch of salt, all that. So, people also say that they have heard hooves following them across the bridge. Mm. Yeah. And just general darkness in on the bridge and in the surrounding woods themselves they seem to be like super fucking active places also full of uh poisonous snakes oh shit yeah so again the boys in the ghost adventures crew they were wearing like leg padding because they had seen so many fucking snakes wow yeah so i thought yeah good idea another entity that people have had experience with is a crying woman now people assume that this was um, the wife of Oscar Washburn coming out to look for her husband and kids, mm-hmm. you know, for eternity. She's often compared to La Llorona. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar story, but just a crying woman in the woods in the middle of the fucking night. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. And then there's Steve. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so investigators have flocked to this bridge. Like there's Steve? Well, for the goat man, but Steve oh. is like... Uh, he's a part of the package deal. Yeah, Steve is just... He's there. So, investigators who have ventured out to the bridge, which seems like every investigator in fucking Texas, mm-hmm. have caught EVPs and voices over spirit boxes, etc. And the majority keep coming up with this name. No shit. Steve, like, you know how, like, you'd be listening to a spirit box, like... just and it's like oh my god they said steve yeah 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 but everybody seems to get this Hmm. and in all seriousness people do believe that whatever steve is is a much darker entity possibly that of the goat man itself whatever the goat man really is yeah and it's just using this name steve because it's a perfectly ordinary name yeah yeah to lure people in isn't that the rumor though like uh if it gives you like a normal ass fucking name yeah particularly just just a one name like not a john smith or like yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? but yeah that is what they say it's a demon that's the rumor yeah yeah but i mean this one is a freaky fucking story yeah allegedly allegedly but yeah so steve has made himself very well known amongst Paranormal investigators at Goatman's Bridge. I love how the Goatman is the cryptid and Steve is considered a cryptid also. Yeah. (laughs) The cryptid. Maybe I should have given him his own little thing here. Yeah. But no, as well as like just these kind of generic stories from the Goatman's Bridge. From the few little encounters that I read, because I was like on Reddit going through to get people's personal accounts. And the majority are just people... They'll get there and then suddenly like they're just angry, Mm. like so fucking angry to the point where it's like, okay, this isn't just like I showed up here in a good mood and now I'm kind of pissed off because I'm in the woods. Like it's a real anger, like people saying that they were having thoughts of killing like everyone in the group that they went with, Mm. stuff like this. And it seems to happen almost everyone. The Texas heat will do that to you. That Texas heat, yeah, that humidity. But no, the, uh, the other thing was like, a lot of people will get scratched. The usual, you know, quote unquote, demonic 
stuff. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I would love to go to this bridge. Really? <laughs> it looks really fucking fun, yeah. Just a really cool, spooky fucking place in the woods. Yeah. Which brings us to our next one. This next one is definitely the most, like, legendary one. Okay. In the sense that nobody has ever actually... Like, there's no reported sightings of this one. Okay. But it has nonetheless been responsible for the death of a lot of children. The fuck? Yeah. So I'll get into it. This one is probably... is definitely the darkest so no one's seen it but they're blaming children's deaths on it let me get into it but it's a a good example of a tulpa i think okay okay i'm listening so without further ado i'm going to whisk you away to the exotic fisherville near louisville kentucky yeah but don't worry we're still talking about goat men this is just a different goat man. And he is called the Pope Lick Monster. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Named after the Pope Lick Creek below the Pope Lick train trestle. <laughs> Pope Lick. And yeah, if you're wondering, that is two separate words. Pope Lick, as in the Pope licked something. I don't know where they got this name from. So strange. Yeah. Anyway. The Pope Lake monster appears as a human-goat hybrid with a grotesquely deformed body of a man. It has powerful, fur-covered goat legs, an alabaster-skinned face with an aquiline nose and wide-set eyes. Short, sharp horns protrude from the forehead nestled in long, greasy hair that matches the colour of the fur on its legs. Mm-hmm. Now... My main source this week was cryptids with a Z dot fandom dot com. Okay. And I've taken a lot of this. They've just they wrote it really well. And I was like, I'm not just going to chop and change this. I'm going to read it more or less directly as they have it written mm-hmm. because they have done a really good job of collecting these stories. All right. So just go check it out if it's something that you're interested in. Anyway. The origins of the Pope Lake monster seem to change depending on who's telling the story. But some of these stories say that it is a human-goat hybrid and that it was a circus freak, quote-unquote circus freak, who vowed revenge after being mistreated. In one version, the creature escaped after a train derailed on the trestle, which actually links the Pope Lake monster to the legendary ghost train, which has also been sighted on the trestle. Yet another version claims that the monster is really the twisted reincarnation of a farmer who sacrificed goats in exchange for satanic powers. Mm-hmm. But depending on which of the different variations you are told, the creature uses either hypnosis or voice mimicry to lure trespassers to the trestle to meet their death before an oncoming train. Other stories claim that the monster jumps down from the trestle onto the roofs of cars passing beneath it. And another version claims that the Pope Lick monster attacks its victims with a blood-stained axe. I don't know why he has an axe, but it has also been said that the very sight of the creature is so unsettling to those who see it while walking across the high trestle that they are just driven to leap off. They'll be like, ah, the Pope Lick monster. But how the fuck would you know that if there's no one that's seen it? Exactly. 
That's the point. Now, like logic. I, okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. So, although the Pope Lake monster has never had any actual reported sightings, the infamous Pope Lake train trestle has become a favorite spot for local kids and adults too, mostly kids. They dare each other to cross from one side to the other. Very typical kid shit. Mm-hmm. But this is still a very active train track. And as recently as May of 2019, one 15 year old girl, Savannah Bright, was killed while playing around one night. And this is by no means an isolated incident. Like, just a brief Google search brought up at least four. And I was like, okay, shit. So. A 26-year-old tourist, Raquel Bain, or Ban, Mm -hmm. died doing the very same thing. The newspaper article I read states that the trestle is 742 feet long and there's a 90-foot drop at its center. And at the edges, it's a 20 or 30-foot drop. This is not something to fuck around on. Like, you will die even at the shallower end. Like, you're not guaranteed you're going to be safe. Yeah. And it seems that At least every couple of years, as far back as the 80s, the fire department have had to come out and rescue people clinging on for dear life. The fuck? Yeah. So don't do that, please. Mm -hmm. Any of our listeners from, uh, where was it? Kentucky. Fisherville, Fisherville, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then one, so the legend is, like, as people are being dared, the story goes that, like, any train coming, you'll hear it for, like, miles around. But for whatever reason, the boyfriend of Raquel, who died, the 26-year-old, he said, like, the train literally was on top of them before they even realized there was a train coming. Wow. Yeah. And one train conductor, he said he had served something like 35 years and had 40-something incidents, uh-huh. like, near misses and actual, like, collisions uh-huh. with cars and people or whatever uh-huh. like not just on that trestle but he said like in particular like you would be coming around and you know they have like certain rules like once you get to this point you blow the train whistle and he knew like okay well if i do have to stop it's going to take me this long this distance he said you'd come around that corner at night and you would just see these people standing like fucking deer in the headlights and if he hit them sometimes he wouldn't even know like he wouldn't he would have to stop or whatever and you'd go back and there would just be nobody there anymore whoa because yeah but they could be dead in the water below oh yeah or they just managed to cling onto the side and then ran off thinking they were going to get in trouble yeah but this poor man had been through therapy for years oh like my he God. was messed up over this yeah and i'm pretty sure now he's like devoted his retirement to promoting fucking track safety yeah yeah Anyway, shame on you people who are doing this dare and driving this man to therapy. Yeah, literally. Like, I love a good dare and a good ghost story, but please don't die. Just, you know. Anyway, that's my words of wisdom for this week. Okay, and lastly, (laughs) (laughs) the last stop on our uh, cryptid tour, on our cryptid tour of, I think, just the east, eastern states and a little bit of the south. 2021. Uh 2021, yeah, to be revisited. Um takes us to south carolina the scape or swamp scape or scape or scape or okay swamp the first reported sighting of the creature was made by george holloman jr 
in the fall of 1987. But it was the report by Christopher Davis, a 17-year-old local man, 17-year-old local boy, (laughs) that made the lizard man famous. Davis said he encountered the creature while driving home from work at 2 a.m. on June 29th, 1988. According to his account, oh, uh, once again, this is, I think, word for word from cryptids.fandom.com. Okay. Again, they did a great job. Good job, cryptids. Yeah. According to his account, Davis stopped on a road bordering the skateboard swamp in order to change a tire which had blown out. When he was finished up, he reported having heard a thumping noise from behind him and having turned around to see the creature running towards him. Davis said the creature tried to grab at the car and then jumped on its roof as he tried to escape, clinging onto it as Davis swerved from side to side in an effort to throw it off. Always slam on the brakes, man. After he returned home, Davis' side view mirror was found to be badly damaged and scratch marks were found on the car's roof though there was no other physical evidence of this encounter. Quote, I looked back and saw something running across the field towards me. It was about 25 yards away and I saw red lights glowing. I ran into the car and as I locked it, the thing grabbed onto the door handle. I could see him from the neck down, the three big fingers, long black nails and green rough skin. It was strong and angry. I looked in my mirror and saw a blur of green running. I could see his toes, and then he jumped on the roof of my car. I thought I heard a grunt, and then I could see his fingers through the front windshield, where they curled around on the roof. I sped up and swerved to shake the creature off. That's how I'm assuming Davis from South Carolina sounds. Interesting southern accent. Is that what that was? I think so. (laughs) It It was an attempt. Yeah, like that, it's not a normal Southern accent. I feel like that one... I feel like one, Davis is not a normal Southern man. No, I, no, I feel like, because you know how like there's different kinds of Northern accents? Yeah. I feel like that's a different flavor of Southern accent. Well, I don't think I've ever met someone from South Carolina. So, mm. uh, again, South Carolina listeners, reach out. In the month that followed Davis' sightings, there were more reports of a large lizard-like creature and of unusual scratches and bite marks found on cars parked close to the swamp. Imagine bite marks on your, like, my wing mirror is ruined. That's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Most of these are said to have occurred within a three-mile, five-kilometer radius of the swamps of Bishopville. At the time, local law enforcement officials reacted to reports of the lizard man with a mixture of concern and skepticism, stating that a sufficient number of sightings had been made by apparently reliable people for them to believe that something tangible was being seen. But also that it was more likely to be a bear than a lizard man. <laughs> Those are like polar opposites. Yeah. One is scaly and one is furry. I know. I don't think I'd ever, like, I've never seen a bear in the wild. But I don't think I'd be like, ah, lizard man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's actually a section, sorry, before I continue, there is a section on here of like, I can't remember what it's officially called, but it's like used to be cryptids. mm and there's a whole bunch of animals that were initially thought to be oh, made wow. up. Yeah, stuff and like, they were like debunked and it tells you what they were. Yeah, it's like one particular like type of deer that can only be found in like the African mountains Whoa. and stuff like that. Yeah, really cool. I'm telling you, it's a great website. So two weeks after the Davis sighting, 
the sheriff's department made several plaster casts of what appeared to be three-toed footprints, measuring some 14 inches in length, but decided against sending them on to the FBI for further analysis after biologists advised them that they were unclassifiable. According to South Carolina Marine Resources Department spokesman Johnny Evans, the tracks neither matched nor could be mistaken for the footprints of any recorded animal. Evans also dismissed the possibility that they could have been made by some form of mutated creature. I think that was always like a big, like, it's a radioactive lizard man, (laughs) you know, because the Russians are dropping nukes and we don't know about it. So uh, it, this was not the case with the ah. lizard man. The sightings attracted tourists interested in seeing the creature and hunters interested in tracking it and killing it, because that's what hunters do. And nearby radio station WCOS offered a $1 million reward to anybody who could capture the creature alive. However, reports of the creature began to decline at the end of the summer, with the last credible sighting of that year being reported in July. On August 5th, Kenneth Orr, an airman stationed at Shaw Air Force Base, filed a report with the police saying that he had encountered the lizard man on Highway 15 and that he had shot and wounded it. He presented several scales and a small quantity of blood as evidence. Orr recanted his account two days later when he was arraigned for unlawfully carrying a pistol and the misdemeanor offence of filing a false police report. According to Orr, he had invented the sighting in order to keep stories of the lizard man in circulation. The lizard man was described as having green scaly skin with either red or orange eyes and three-fingered webbed hands. It stood about seven foot tall and had a stride of around 40 inches. I don't know (laughs) what to compare that to. I'm assuming my stride is six inches. I don't fucking know. He has also been reported in other areas of nearby swampland and even in the sewers in towns near the swamp. Some of the theories is that it's just a dinosaur who's been hanging out in the swamp for, you know, millions of years. Yeah. And we finally got a glimpse of him. Or that it's possibly some sort of reptilian. Mm. But like the dumb cousin reptilian. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know what I mean? The great value reptilian. Yeah, like this guy is not in league with the Obamas and Trumps of the world. like Anyway, they had a written account of a Native American tale that tells us of an encounter long before the 1980s. And I had to include this because I just thought it was really fucking cool. Again, I cannot verify any of it. And it's a direct quote from this book by some English guy who (laughs) collected stories from the Native Americans. It's on the website. Several Indians were out together and formed a hunting camp. A hunter came back one evening and said, I have found a big bear tree. He told the rest of the hunters and they said to one another, Tomorrow morning we will set out, build a fire there and smoke the she-bear out so we can see her. They slept and the next day started off and came to the place. When they got to where the big tree stood, it looked as if something lived there. And they said to one another, A bear surely lives here. So they started a fire underneath it. The smoke filled up the hollow inside and soon a big lizard came out. The people saw it and ran away. The big lizard jumped down and gave chase. It ran along till it caught one of them and came back with him. It came with him to the big tree 
and threw him down into it. Then it chased another and did the same to each in turn. Overtook, caught and brought them back. Only one was left. It chased him and after it had gone a long distance overtook him and brought him back too. But when it was coming through a place where the trees were thick, a tiger, or panther, was lying asleep in it. When the big lizard got there with the man, the panther awoke and jumped upon it. The lizard let the man go and jumped upon the panther in turn and they began to fight. The man saw this, jumped up and ran away. Of the people who had gone far away from their homes to hunt, only one came back. He told his people how the big lizard had killed all of the others. That's pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. Now, that's not from the same neck of the woods. I actually think this is from um, closer to Kentucky again. Mm-hmm. And also from like the 1800s. And also the big lizard could have just been an alligator. Let's be fair. Maybe. But an alligator who chased down eight men. I mean, alligators are fucking fast, man. They're fast, but how fucking... They're not clever enough to like, okay, got you, bring you back. Get the next and bring you back. And uh, then, ah, yeah. no, a tiger or panther or a bobcat. That's true. And why Actually, would it if bring it's in you... the south, they did have panthers. Why would it bring you to a tree and not like a body of water? Also true. Yes. It could have also just been another story for this guy killing all of his friends. I never trust these old accounts like that. Mm. <laughs> My mind always jumps to He just killed all of his friends. And to wrap up this episode of... Cryptid Tour 2021? Yeah, to wrap up this brief cryptid tour. This is the mini tour. We're going to come back 2022 for... A Encore. <laughs> yeah. Going to cover every state, man. No, uh, not every state has a cryptid. But anyway, on this website, you can do a cryptid quiz. And it tells you which cryptid you are. No way. So I took the quiz. Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> of course it is. Very unimpressed. Like, yeah, I especially was so... because they always like confuse Irish people with Scottish people and Scottish people with Irish people. It was That didn't even bother me that much. It was just more like, am I really just this floating blob that was seen once? You're a brontosaurus. <laughs> the big neck on you. All right, so are you giving me the quiz? How big are you? Small sized, medium sized, average sized, above average sized, extra large. I'm going to say small. You would say small? Yeah. For you, I mean. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite type of food? Seafood, anything sugary or salty, BBQ, tropical smoothie or fruit snacks. I don't have a favorite food because I'm a fucking freak. Seafood, 100%. Yep, I know. Specifically shellfish. How competitive are you? Prefers not to compete, low-key and sensitive, somewhat assertive. Strong-willed and assertive. Extremely assertive and competitive. Somewhat assertive. Yeah, that one. I'm assertive sometimes. When you have to be, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to, I don't like conflict or competition. But if I have to be, I'm in it to win it. How much time do you spend with friends or family? None. Keep to myself and family. Prefers company of small groups of friends. Popular and outgoing. Extremely outgoing. Just me me and my family. Just me and my family. Do others find you good looking, plain looking, all right, but nothing striking, average looking with some nice attributes, good features and sexy, incredibly attractive. That's what I'm picking for you. I'd say average with some good qualities. Not too late. I picked incredibly attractive. This is my quiz, Adam. I know you better. (laughs) How would you rate your intelligence? 
avoids intellectual pursuits, clever, but prefers non-intellectual pursuits, intelligent, very intelligent, out of this world level genius. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'd say I'm intelligent. Okay. Middle of the road. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not middle of the road. It was. I'm smart. In this particular (laughs) selection. Smart, damn it. What is your athletic ability? None. Occasionally (laughs) plays sports, enjoys sport for recreation, plays sports competitively, extremely athletic and agile. Recreational sports, please. Bullshit. Occasionally plays sports, I'm going to say. What? When was the last time you played a sport? Thanksgiving. I I did track yesterday. Or Easter or whatever it was. I did track yesterday, bitch. That's a lie. (laughs) Uh, You were there. How much do you like traveling? Never travels. Stays close to home. 100%. 100%. Vacations are fun, but not essential. I love to travel. I've been everywhere. I want to go everywhere, but still. So that's the answer for me. I want to go everywhere. You got Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> you get Loch Ness Monster. Everybody you get Loch, gets Loch, Loch Ness Monster. Not ah, the bullshit quiz. Okay, this is a great website. Everything except for the quiz. Because everyone's a Loch Ness Monster. Everyone's a Loch Ness Monster. I picked small. And you get Loch Ness Monster. Like, it's huge. That's what she said. That is what she said. <laughs> okay, creeps. My other sources this week were Courier Journal, Ghost Adventures, Wikipedia, cryptos.fandom.com. Make sure to go check it out. WeDentonDoIt.com. Get it? Yes, I got get it. Get it from Denton, Texas. All right. All right. And History.com. Thank you, as always, for joining us. The layout of Weekly Creep is looking like it's going to get a little bit different from here on out. We're more than likely just going to cover my stories on the main Weekly Creep. And then for Dulce's stories, she's going to take over the extra creep episodes for me. Yeah, bitches. Now that I'm a human who can work, our schedules immediately got filled up pretty quick by full-time and part-time jobs and whatnot. So um, I need a, just I need a gonna... more flexible schedule. So extra creep is perfect for me. Yeah. And uh, and shorter, shorter. And it gives me slightly less to edit and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you guys don't care about that. But that's how it's going to be for the next little while for the foreseeable. As always, thank you guys for listening. We love you all dearly. If you want to hear more of us, feel free to join our Patreon for as little as two dollars a month. Don't forget to rate, review us on iTunes, follow us on YouTube, follow our personal channel, Adam and Dulce, on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, all the goodness and gracious me. Okay, thanks everybody. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) My headphone. Here, at this point, the group fled. At this point, the group fled. Fled? 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 Fled. Fledded. That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Fleds. Fledded. Fledded.